0: Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. More information about First Baptist Church can be found at www.fbcalamo.com. All right, well, as you take a seat, as our kids head back to Kids Church with Miss Rhonda, let me invite you to take your Bible and go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Right, right, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Um, now so far is in first Timothy, especially in chapter four, uh, as we've covered this over the last three or four weeks, um, what we've seen are, um, the, the Timothy's uh, or Paul's explained to Timothy how to recognize false teaching in, in the local church and well, pr- primarily in the local church. And then I think you can also say there's a warning here about, um, how to encounter or, or how to deal with false teaching in the world at large, but, but uh, Paul's writing to Timothy, a pastor of a local church, so that's primarily the audience that, that he's concerned with, is how do you how do you deal when, when false teaching arises with, within a local church, particularly within uh, leadership in a local church, and in, in the case of Ephesus, they were probably dealing with uh, elders who were um, straying in their teaching, and Paul's advising Timothy on how to deal with that, then last week we looked at uh, really how we serve, how we serve well as followers of Christ. Um, and so this morning, uh, we're going to wrap up chapter 4, and then cover the first couple of verses of chapter 5, and, and Paul's really going to shift um, focuses again from uh, from issues within the local church to uh, issues that that... Timothy doesn't necessarily need to address, but needs to focus on in his own life. So it's not saying, I don't, I don't think he's bringing these up saying, hey, Timothy, here's some areas where you're deficient, you need to focus on these, but rather he's saying, be diligent to practice these things. So keep in mind, all right, um, Timothy is uh, an elder, if, if not kind of what we would understand as a lead pastor of, of this church in Ephesus, and, and he's a young man. Well, relatively speaking, meaning meaning he's probably in his mid to late 30s. OK, so I'm here to declare with authority that is a young man. Okay, (laughs) unequivocally, that's a young man. Um, Timothy's serving as a pastor. One of the reasons that that I cling so closely to the books of first and second Timothy, um, because Timothy was a young pastor. In a culture where usually the leaders in, in churches would have been older believers, and, and Timothy comes in a man who is probably not yet forty, um, and and dealing with things like a, a young man might in an older congregation, uh, and so you know as as someone who still, as I said, qualifies if if for using that as a uh, mid, mid to late thirties as a young man, I'm, I qualify, and so I I latch on to these books. Um, and so Paul's going to bring out, and again, these letters were not just meant for Timothy personally, but probably meant to be read aloud in the local congregation. So Paul's not just telling Timothy this, but he's he's telling the entire congregation, here are the things I expect out of this young man who's leading you, and here are the things you can expect out of him as well. So I, I was trying to think this morning through, um, you know, what other if we want to say profession or, or job, um, w- would I stand up here and tell you what my job is? Um, and yet that's kind of where I find myself this morning in, in this passage. I'm going to tell you how I'm supposed to do my job. Does that make sense? So uh, a little can be kind of awkward, but ultimately um, it's not just me saying this. I'm just reflecting on what the Lord has said in his word. And so uh, we, certainly we want to be people who are faithful to the word that God has given us. Now, as you can tell, we obviously are are uh, observing the Lord's Supper. And before we get to that, our choir it is going to sing as a time to prepare us. So I give you my pledge. I'm going to try. No, I pledge. I will try. There's my pledge. <laughs> I will try <laughs> to be shorter, okay, so that we get out of here uh, somewhat close by to, to you know, 11.30, 11.45, 12.30, you know, somewhere in there. So uh, I, I promise to try to, to keep my part short. So if you will stand with me, let's read 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses uh, starting in verse 11 on down through chapter 5, verse 2. The word of the Lord says, Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone despise your youth, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith. And in purity. Until I come, give your attention to public reading, exhortation, and teaching. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. It was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. Practice these things. Be committed to them so that your progress may be evident to all. Pay close attention to your life and your teaching. Persevere in these things, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Chapter 5 says, Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and the younger women as sisters with all purity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the chance to gather together. To read your word together as a local church. And to hear it proclaimed. And so I pray this morning... You would use me as your instrument to proclaim not my opinions, not not my thoughts, but your word. So will you give me strength to do that this morning, and will you give us all ears to hear what you would have us hear this morning? We ask all these things in Jesus' name, Amen. And thank you. you can have a seat. Um, now as the, Paul's addressing a lot of things here in uh, the life of Timothy and the life of the church in Ephesus. But but really, I think there are three kind of overarching themes that that Paul's going to get at here for Timothy. As as we've, you know, I titled this the mandates for ministry. So first and foremost, Paul has in mind uh, Timothy, a pastor, an elder in this church in Ephesus. But beyond that, what we've said throughout this series, even when we were back in chapter three, looking at qualifications for elders and qualifications for deacons, what we said there was, was ultimately these, these are not special qualities that you find only in pastors or elders or in deacons. Rather, Paul talks about these character qualities that should be present in every believer What we're looking for in in elders and in deacons are men who uh, exemplify these things. And and yet, they should be things that are present in every believer. And I think the same is true here. While while Paul's primarily addressing Timothy, a pastor, don't don't think just because you're not an elder or a pastor that you get a pass on this. Because I think the things he's going to say are applicable to all of us as followers of Christ especially youth, especially younger, because what, what we see right out of the bat here is this. Paul addresses the importance of character. The importance of character. Now, now, first off, he tells Timothy, command and teach these things. Command and teach what things? Well, everything Paul's just said. So if we go back to the beginning of chapter four, he talks about how to address false teaching he addresses what it looks like to be a good servant of Christ Jesus. If we even back up to chapter 3, he, he, he talks about the qualifications of elders and, and deacons. And even before that in chapter 2, he talks about how men and women are to conduct themselves within the local church. And I think in, when we get to the beginning, or this verse 11 in chapter 4, Paul's looking back at everything he said, and he's saying, command and teach these Things Pass these on to those in your congregation, Timothy. Now, apparently, we we don't have anything that that Timothy wrote firsthand. We don't know a whole lot about him, but it's possible that that Timothy struggles uh, with being assertive as a leader. Maybe because of his youth, especially if he's in, as we said, an older congregation. In an Eastern culture that, that was very much a, a high culture, demanded a lot of respect, especially for your elders. And so maybe Timothy was, in some areas, afraid to speak up, afraid to, to be a strong leader, for fear that, that those would look down on him and just say, look at this, look at this young whippersnapper. He doesn't know what he's talking about. We can just dismiss him. I was here before him. I'll be here after him. It's fine, right? And that's where Paul comes in in verse 12. And he says, uh, verse 11, Timothy, command and teach these things. Verse 12, And don't let anyone look down on you. Don't let anyone despise your youth. Rather, set, a, set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. See, if you notice, when Paul, the, the, only, the only action that Paul commands here is command and teach these things. And then he says, be, beyond just your qualities, your, your leadership abilities, I want you to focus on these character traits. Five things that, that Paul mentions here. Set an example the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. What's interesting is that these are areas that are not always fruitful in the lives of young people. And Paul's telling Timothy, you need to be wise beyond your years in these areas. Set an example, even for your older brothers and sisters in the faith set an example in this way. You know, when we looked at the qualifications of elders back in chapter 3, the the only one of those qualifications that's listed that is a skill is the ability to teach. Everything else is is character related. And one of the things I said there is, you know, we've seen... We've always seen ministers who've fallen because of moral issues or because of character issues, whether that's adultery or an issue with drugs or alcohol, or even as simple, I can think of a few that just simply wrestled with anger to the point that it ruined their ministry. And yet we're drawn to these charismatic, dynamic teachers. And what, we said, what I said there was, I wonder how many of the problems that we've experienced in local churches um, but because of leaders who have fallen come because we place too much emphasis on gifting and not enough on character. So it's not that gifting is unimportant, but, but somebody can learn. Teaching is a skill. Public speaking is a skill that, that can be learned. Character can't be learned. Char- character is something that has to be forged by the Holy Spirit. And so I, I think that, that as we look at these five traits, even though Timothy's a young man and, and, and young men are not typically known for having control over all these areas, Paul says, Timothy, you need to be a man who is relying on the Holy Spirit and allowing your heart and your life to be shaped into the image of Almighty God, especially in these five areas. And so uh, quickly, the, the five areas that he's uh, talking about, first one, speech. And I don't think he's talking about his speaking ability I think he's talking about the way he speaks to other people. You know, as, as I was going through these, I stopped and I, I thought to myself, wow, how many ministries have been wrecked because pastors were loose with their tongues? You, you know, we live in an interesting world right now where... Um, we have this buffer to our speech that's called social media. Uh, or Maybe buffer's not, not the right word. Um, maybe gasoline pit's another a good a good term for that. Right? Where, where I can think something and just as soon as I've thought it, I can have it typed out and ready to hit send. And what I, what I think that's created is this culture of Um, nastiness because you see people posting things, saying things online that they would never say in person. Because if you say that to a person, there's a fist on the other side of that face and there's not a fist on the other side of social media. And I can think of many pastors who just simply didn't, and, and, and not just pastors, but in this context, since that's what we're talking about, think of a lot of pastors who just didn't think before they hit send. And and what we're learning, and what we're going to continue to see, is we live in a world now where everything is documented. You know, I am um, not going to. I'm not going to address this from a political standpoint, but I watched the hearings this last week, and and one of the things that, that struck me not not just with uh, Judge Kavanaugh and. and um, you know the fact that he had a detailed calendar from, from 1982. But the, the thing that I thought, the thing that kept running through my mind at that point is this is the new norm. What, what we saw this week is the new norm. And we are fast approaching a time where we're going to have men and women stepping in to leadership roles in our churches leadership roles in our countries leadership roles in not not just not just at the at the national level but even at the local level leadership company leadership roles in companies for whom Facebook has always been a part of their life and so let me tell you uh, everyone from i don't care if you're 90 years old or or 9 years old your speech matters. And we live in a world now where it's all documented. I'm so grateful that Facebook was not a thing when I was in high school. I'm so glad that there's not internet evidence of the stuff that I did in high school. <laughs> that it's not all over Instagram and just a search brings it up. But that causes us to have to be even more careful in the way we speak and the things that we post. Because as believers, we're called to set examples. And especially young people. I don't know. If, I always hated that term. It always sounded like something an old person said. Now, young people. Young people. Right? <laughs> so, so students, hear me. When you go for a job interview, they will look at your Facebook profiles. They will look at your Instagram. <laughs> what will they find when they go digging into your Social media history set an example believer well look, that, that applies if you're forty years old too they're going to look you up on the internet set an example in these things because ultimately the things that we say come out of the heart. this is what Jesus says luke 645 a good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart an evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart, for his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. When we're squeezed, what comes out is the stuff that's inside. Second, he says conduct. Quite simply, you cannot separate your theology from your practice in life. What we really believe about God is revealed in our actions. Tells him, set an example in love. This, is the great, this should remind us of the great command in Matthew 22. And this should certainly characterize followers of Christ. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 13, in the love chapter, Paul says, if I speak, with, if I, if I speak human or angelic tongues but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal doesn't matter how well I can talk, if I don't have love, I'm just making a bunch of noise. Set an example for the believers in faith. Again, this is important for all believers, but especially for pastors, right, who are called to lead the local church. Again, Paul would remind us 2 Corinthians 5 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. And then purity. This would mean, I think, this would apply to all areas but especially this word carries the the idea of sexual purity. And again, as we look at our culture, how many lives and how many ministries have been devastated by sexual impropriety. Now, why would Paul place such a strong emphasis on these areas? Well, I think the simple answer is because by showing his trustworthiness in these areas, Timothy will show himself to be qualified for the office of elder that he holds. He'll prove his qualification to those around him, those who might look down on him because of his age. Now, now, look, we know this. Age alone is no guarantee of maturity. Physical age does not mean that you're maturity. In fact, many believers will go throughout their lives without progressing much in their faith. Now, Paul would obviously see this uh, that, that this would be out of the question for someone serving as an elder should be out of the question. So in in Titus chapter two, Paul is addressing Titus. He says this: In the same way, encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Make yourself an example of good works with integrity and dignity in your teaching. Character matters, and that's by far been the longest chunk. That, the, we were going to spend a whole lot more time in character than we were anything else because it's so important. Character matters. Character matters for our leaders, character matters for us as believers. But then, secondly, we're going to look at the importance of calling. Look at me at verses 13 through 16. Until I come, give your attention to public reading, exhortation, and teaching. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. It was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. Practice these things. Be committed to them so that your progress may be evident to all. Pay close attention to your life and your teaching. Persevere in these things, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Paul is, again, reminding Timothy of the importance of his calling, and, and he discusses this prophecy that was given to Timothy, he says, by the laying on of hands of the council of elders. Now, we don't know exactly when this happened. We don't know exactly what this looked like, uh, but we do know that at some point, Timothy was recognized and set aside as an elder. Perhaps it's something like what happened in Acts 13, one through 3, where we're told the church at Antioch uh, set aside Paul and Barnabas. It says, after they had laid hands on them, they sent them off. And we do know that Timothy has a legacy of faith in his family, and certainly this, this influenced his calling. 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul says, I recall your sincere, fir- your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm convinced in you also. Paul Paul reminds Timothy, you've been called to this service. You've been called to this place. And in verse 15, Paul tells Timothy to practice these things, be committed to them. And in fact, that could literally be, be translated be in them. Immerse yourselves in them so that your progress may be evident to all. What would those things be? I think the answer to that is back in 13. Give your attention to public reading, exhortation, and teaching. Obviously, teaching was a gift that Timothy had. Paul brings that up multiple times throughout this letter. And he says, Timothy, I want you to immerse yourself in these things the exhortation, teaching, of, teaching of what? Teaching of the scriptures. The only way Timothy can do that is by immersing himself in the scriptures. Certainly this would have been the Old Testament. The, perhaps even the, the gospel accounts, the other writings of the apostles is, as they're being written along this time. And in verse 15, Paul says, uh, so that your progress may be evident to all. He says, others should be able to see you as you grow, as you progress in these things. Um, It's not a call to perfection. Notice that. He doesn't say be perfect in these things. Timothy, if you can just figure out how to be a perfect teacher, your life will be all right. He's saying, I want you, I want, I want there to be progress in these things. And he says in verse 16, in doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Now, what does he mean by that? Because obviously, Timothy has has no power to save his uh, listeners, those in his church. We, We know that God alone saves, but what we know also is that God has chosen in his wisdom and in his sovereignty to use his people to spread the truth of the gospel in the world. So Paul says, Timothy, as you progress in these things, as you're in these things, as you're progressing in speech and conduct and faith and love and in purity, as you're progressing in teaching the word of God, people will be saved as they hear the gospel proclaimed. So, so far we've seen this the importance of character. We've seen the importance of calling on the life of, of Timothy. And then finally, as we move into chapter 5, what we're going to see is the importance of caring. This is what he says. Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and the younger women as sisters with all purity. Paul's talking about the, the local church, but he uses family language. He reminds Timothy, who's, a, again, a young man, how he's to treat the other members of the family of God, especially those uh, who are older than him. He says, don't rebuke an older man. Now, now really quickly, this doesn't mean don't correct. Because certainly Timothy, is, as an elder, as a pastor, would have had the responsibility if an older uh, leader, an older man in the congregation um, was, was off base in his theology, or had character issues in his life, certainly that, that would fall to the to the role of the elder of the pastor to address them. So he doesn't say, don't correct, but don't rebuke. Correct them with gentleness, as you would a father. It's a great reminder to do this with gentleness and respect for older men. He so says treat older men as fathers, younger, older women as mothers. Younger men as brothers, younger women as sisters with all purity. You know, what I was reminded of as I read this, these two verses is that we have been given a great gift in the local church. We've been given a family. We're, we're called to rejoice with one another. We're called to mourn with one another. We have the privilege of experiencing the ups and the downs of life together rather than having to walk through them alone. Now again, we'll never do this perfectly, right? There's no such thing as a perfect church because uh, churches are ultimately made up of messed up people. None of us, uh, none of whom God has finished with yet, he's still working on us, shaping us into the image of Christ. But just as Timothy's to be progressing in these areas in his life. I think the same could be said for us as, as believers in the context of a local church. Let us progress in our love for one another, and our fellowship. Maybe it's not happening as fast as we'd like for it to, but can we see progress? This is a great reminder that, of what Jesus said in John 13, 35. He says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let us remember Paul's exhortation here, not perfection. If you're, if you're striving for perfection in your Christian life, you will continually be frustrated. If you're looking for a perfect local church, you're going to continue to be frustrated. So let us not strive for perfection but progress, this, is a, this could very well be a theme for the Christian life. Progress. You and I will never have perfect victory over sin. We'll never experience perfect fellowship with one another. But we can progress in these things. We can progress in holiness in our lives. We, we can progress in our love and fellowship for one another in the body of the local church. So brothers and sisters, let us focus on character. Let us focus on calling. If, you've, if you are a follower of Christ, you have been called to serve Him. Let us focus on caring for one another. And here's my charge. The, the charge that I've been given through Scripture is to set an example. So I ask that you would pray for me, pray for my family as I'm learning imperfectly how to set an example as a husband, as a father, as a believer, and show us what it looks like to follow after Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the way that it speaks to us and this morning I pray for my own heart and my own life that you would show me what it looks like to set an example for, for the folks at First Baptist Church in speech and conduct and faith and love and in purity. And I pray every, every morning you would remind me of the calling that you've placed on on my life. Not just to serve you in general, not not, not just to serve as a pastor, but but to serve as pastor to the people here at First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. For each of us, that you would remind us of the character that we are called to have, that you would remind us of the calling that you've placed on each and every one of our lives to be disciples and to make disciples. And that you would show us what it looks like to care for one another as fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters within the family of a local church. We thank you so much for the gift of the local church that you've given to us. Show us how to do all these things. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. We are located at 1100 Michigan Avenue in Alamogordo, New Mexico. We meet on Sundays for small groups at 9 a.m. and worship at 1030. If you have more questions, please email office at fbcalamo.com or call 575-437-5510. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you this week.